Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this episode, I talk with Dr. Spencer Locke, a licensed doctor of physical therapy, about how mental health and movement intertwine with each other. Basically, bringing those two together, where you look at the psychological aspects of life, and then you look at the movement aspects, and then to bring them together, you know, sometimes people treat them separately, but then what we have learned is that intertwined, they they work so well together. So, um, you know, you can't really have one without the other. And that's why I think this is so important to talk about. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Dr. Locke, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, Dr. Kim. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, me too. Me too. I I love the topic we're going to be talking about today. I love talking about the the how mental health and movement intertwine together to create an overall wellness. I know, you know, we both are passionate about those topics and I think we're going to be helping a lot of people today in in what we're talking about. So, um thank you for sharing your expertise with all of us today because I I really do think there's um such a correlation between the two and, you know, just some simple practical things that we can all incorporate in our lives to make it a little bit better for our bodies and our brains, right? So, <laughs> Um, Absolutely. So my, my first question is, how does mental health and movement intertwine with each other from your perspective? You know, I actually, when you reach out to me about this podcast, I was really excited um, because like you said, this is something I'm really passionate about as well. And being because of my background to start with, you know, I, I do have my doctorate in physical therapy where basically I, uh, you know, my specialties in movement. But then also my undergrad was in uh, sport and performance psychology. So um, basically bringing those two together where you look at the psychological aspects of life and then you look at the movement aspects and then to bring them together, you know, sometimes people treat them separately. But then what we have learned is that intertwined, they, they work so well together. So, um, you know, you can't really have one without the other. And that's why I think this is so important to talk about. Absolutely. And, you know, and I don't know if anyone who's listening can relate to this or even yourself. When I get stressed, I feel it in my body. You know, obviously I feel it in my soul and it affects all different psychological aspects of my life, but I also feel it in my shoulders. There's tension, there's tension in my neck. You know, I might just feel a little achy that day. Is that the, the, what we're talking about when we're talking about how our psychological meets our physical when it comes to intertwining, when it comes to mental wellness? 
that's definitely an aspect of it for sure. And, you know, that's a huge complaint that I see from many of my clients and, you know, many of which are parents, which are plenty of people that listen here, Um, you know, with the stresses of being a parent and then working, you know, these stresses can pile up. And so often people come to me and they say, you know, I'm feeling, I have all these tightness going on. Um, And, you know, a lot of times in their neck and their back, and, uh, you know, it's funny because the sensation of tightness is absolutely there, but it's not actually because the muscle itself is tight. What's happening is basically it's just in a holding state where the nerve is tensed and it's sending a, a signal to that muscle to hold. So oftentimes what we do is we want to stretch it out thinking that we're elongating the muscle and that's what's leading to relaxation. But when in reality, what we're actually doing is we're just desensitizing our nervous system, allowing it to relax. And then that's what gives you that good feeling and that relief. Wow. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. So how how does stretching reduce that stress? I know you had done a reel on Instagram a while back that um, that I loved. I That's literally how I found you because I was trying mm-hmm. you know, to relieve stress for myself. And uh, I don't want to give away, you know, what's on there, but if you could give us, you know, an example of what you were talking about on that Instagram reel about, you know, how stretching reduces stress and, you know, maybe what stretches we can incorporate in our own lives, maybe on a day-to-day basis to reduce some of that stress. What would you suggest? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, can stretching reduce your stress? Your stress? It absolutely can. I mean, just think when you naturally wake up in the morning and then you give and you reach those those hands to the sky, you reach out as far as you can, and you naturally, your body just stretches naturally just to kind of de-stress and get ready for the day. So it's something that we naturally want. Um, but at the same time, by including not only stretching, but mobility, which is basically active stretching, um, that's really what allows our body to stay moving. It, there's a ton of benefits to it. Um, one of the biggest benefits is for our joints, right? A lot of times we have a lot of tightness and stiffness feeling in, in the joints of our spine, our hips, knees, shoulders. And what people need to realize is that actually movement itself, it helps stimulate something called synovial fluid. And so synovial fluid, you can kind of think of um, you know, when you have a, a creaky door or, you know, you, something, your car is going on and you put a little oil in it and then it starts running smoothly. Right. It's the same thing with our body. It's the same thing with our body. So when we move and we stretch and do things like that, it stimulates the synovial fluid lubricating our joints. And then that allows them to move more freely and then with less pain. So it can be really helpful. Great. So is there something intentional, uh, you know, we should be doing or is just a quick stretch in the morning, you know, with our arms up in the air and kind of moving our limbs as, as, as far as they can go? With, is that good enough to get some of that um, movement going um, to help our, you know, loosen us, ourselves up after a long night's sleep? Or is there something more intentional that we can learn from you? Let's say on your Instagram reels, I know you do a lot of mm-hmm. examples that could help us as well. Yeah, you know, it, everyone's a little bit different of what feels right for them. And that's what I like implore. And, you know, I want people to explore their own body and listen to how they're feeling, right? Right. Because one stretch that feels good for me may not feel good for you. So that's why I'm constantly putting out different ideas so people can see, you know, oh, okay, let me try that and see how it feels for me. Most of the time they're like, that's amazing. I love it. And some of the times they're like, no, no, that one's not for me, but that's okay, right? right. It's not going to be for everybody. Um, right. And, you know, yeah, in the morning's important, but 
I think it's important, especially for busy people. You know, if you're a busy working parent, you can't expect yourself to be able to take an hour off at one time to stretch out. Instead, right. what I recommend to all my clients, you know, is just to break it out through the day. Like you need to be incorporating these movement breaks of just five to 10 minutes where you're breaking up throughout the day and then just listening to your body you what feels good. As you keep doing it, you're going to find, oh yeah, there's those few stretches that just like hit the good spot that I do on a daily basis as well. Um, okay. And then you kind of go from there. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking even myself, I used to do a lot of yoga, uh, you know, pre-kids, I did yoga all the time and I'd go to the studio for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two, depending on what class I was taking and whatnot. And now as a parent, that that two hour, even an hour sounds really daunting. So I like the fact that I can't sometimes take an hour to, you know, more a chunk out of my day for that. I like kind of implementing it, you know, in between you know, something like before I have to make dinner at night, you know, after homework or even before bed or when I wake up or something that I can do those short intervals. And that still gives, um, you know, me the relief that my body needs. So totally, totally. And that, and cause that's the thing, right. Is I, of course, I, I am a huge advocate of exercising and moving, right. But the biggest complaint that I hear from all my clients and, you know, the people that follow me on either Instagram or social media is that they're crunched for time. Right. And, you know, we have to we have to we can't just keep going with the old verbiage of being like, oh, you need to just spend a whole chunk of time exercising where it's just not the reality anymore. We need to find ways to sneak it in there, um, but also setting those boundaries as well and, you know, kind of sticking to them. Um, because a lot of times I hear, I've heard every excuse in the book of why they can't do it. Um, and then when it comes down to it, if you can't set that boundary for yourself, then you're not going to find success. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I have, I probably one of those people that would give you a million excuses, you know, about how I didn't have the energy <laughs> or I didn't have the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a deadline for this, or I wasn't feeling my hundred percent. And, you know, it's easy to do that. It's easier, especially if you're not in a habit of something. And so I think, you know, like you said, setting those boundaries, getting in that habit and doing it. I mean, there's sometimes I force myself to go to the gym, let's say, or, for, you know, I think if it's something that we don't really want to do, we kind of avoid it. But then once we actually mm-hmm. get in the habit and we know, you know, because we know all the benefits, we know we should be doing it. But until our body even starts getting into that habit, um, not just the the psychological break, but our bodies itself kind of craving the way it feels when those endorphins start moving, that's, that's when you know you, you've got it going. So exactly. That's what it's all about. You know, you want to set that habit and then uh, one at first, something that feels daunting becomes something you crave. And it's something that has to be part of your life. And incorporating a healthy habit like that, of course, everyone wants to want to do it. And I'm the same way. I come up with excuses sometimes of why I can't do things. And I'm a, I'm a physical therapist, you know? Um, right. I think it is important. One thing I do want to say is with that is, you know, there are days where I really want to exercise and move and I don't as much as I should. And I have two options. I could either beat myself up about it, Right. And then let that snowball into a, into several days and weeks and months of immobility. Or I could just be like, you know what? I'm a human. It's going to happen. Let's do, you know, that happens. There's tomorrow. I'll get at it then. And, you know, kind of reset and then reframing it, it can be so helpful. 
Yeah. Because I do think, you know, we need to give ourselves grace on those days that we can't do it. Or, you know, it's just, we, we even try, like there's times I'll wear my gym clothes all day and I'll have all the intentions in the world. And then one thing will come up after another, or, you know, my, uh, the school will call me telling me my kid's sick and I have to go pick them up early. And I'm like, oh, there goes my workout, you know, or something like that. So life happens and we, we do need to give ourselves grace and, and, and try and reset for tomorrow, which, you know, I think is, is healthy too, to have just even set the intention, I think, you know, helps, you know, put us in that direction. So um, now, you know, as someone who works from home, which I know there's a lot of people now, especially since the pandemic, there's a lot of people that work exclusively from home now, and they're sitting in a chair all day long, you know, and, you know, maybe they, they do go to the gym, you know, for an hour each day, or they take a walk in the neighborhood, or, you know, they get a little bit of movement, but they're still in a chair, let's say for eight plus hours a day. You know, yeah. when it comes to, taking breaks in between, you know, that eight hour time period that you're sitting in a chair. Is there anything that you can suggest to those people that do have that type of work schedule of what they can do so their back doesn't start cramping up or, you know, whatever the case may be? What what would you suggest to them? For sure. It's a it's unfortunately way too common, but it is the reality of today's life that we have. Um, you're working from home and then you have all like your chores lingering behind you that could be getting done. Right. So it's a it's a much different world that we're living in now. Um, Absolutely. You know, th there's a there's a few things that, you know, I, I recommend or there's a ton of things. But just to go over maybe a couple here. Um, the first is finding ways to kind of trick yourself into moving. And one is one great way is like when you're taking a, a call with a coworker. Right. Instead of taking it in front of your computer, put it on your phone, put your headphones in and walk. Go for a hmm. walk while you're talking to them. Right. I understand that there will be times where you have to be in front of the computer, but the, I know that everyone has those calls where they don't actually need to be sitting in front of the computer and they can very well be moving around, you know, going outside, getting some fresh air and uh, and just stay moving. So that can be really helpful. Um, and then just setting reminders for yourself. And I think setting those reminders can be very important as well. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about posture. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Okay, Dr. Locke, I, I need to know um, posture. I want to know how is posture a reflection of our attitude and our beliefs as opposed to, you know, just having tight or weak muscles. Can you go into that a little bit more, please? Totally. Absolutely. Uh, and this is a really important one because it is, that is the most common mis misconception is that, you know, the poor posture of the tight muscles and the weak muscles is what's leading to pain. Um, you know, I've had, you know, for example, I had this one mom that came to me, she's in her forties and she said, she said, Dr. Locke, I need your help. I need you to fix my posture because I think if I fix my posture, then I think my pain will go away. My back pain will go away. And, um, <clears throat> got to know her, got to know her a little bit more. Turns out that she was, um, uh, her kid is having a really tough time in school. She's having to go to a ton of parent teacher conferences. Um, 
her the stress at her job is at an all time high. Um, and, and, and on top of that, she had some housework that really was getting backed up and she just kind of felt like everything was piling on top of her. Um, so, you know, she came to me with this thought of, you know, all these muscles in the front are tight and muscles on the back, she's weak, you know, and, and after taking, a, another look and, and listening a little bit deeper, there's so much more going on. And, you know, a lot of the times our posture is just another word for our body language. And so oftentimes it's not so much a tightness or a weakness, but rather how you're physically feeling, right? That, that forward head posture where you're coming forward and oftentimes people think that's bad posture, but you could also just be depressed. You could be sad. You could be having a tough day. You could be sad. Um, but if you cheer that person up or if you see them on a good day, there's a good chance that they're going to be nice and upright. Their chest is going to be tall. Their shoulders are going to be back. And something that we may call good posture might actually just be a reflection of their beliefs. And we see this, and I've seen this now in hundreds of my patients. And, you know, it's actually backed up by research. They've done research on this now where they say, you know what, is it actually our poor posture that's causing pain? And as we look at more and more studies, we find out that that's not actually the case. Sure, may there be some tightness and weaknesses that can be addressed? Absolutely, totally. But don't neglect all the other things that are going on in your life, which will also contribute to better either posture, body language, and can reduce your pain. Wow. See, I love how it's all connected. And obviously, you know, having my doctorate in psychology, like I, you know, it's like I know those things, but then when you say it, you know, so eloquently as the, as you just did, it it really just kind of hits you that, wow, you know, because I know I tend to have bad posture and, you know, I, I, I don't handle my stress well. So I think some of it obviously does you know, is a reflection of my stress or maybe how I'm feeling that day. If I have a lot on my plate, you know, I tend to, you know, be a little bit more in myself versus, you know, like you said, kind of having, you know, my shoulders back and that outward of, okay, I can handle the day. And, you know, so I tell my clients when it comes to that of, you know, use your positive affirmations, you know, this and that. And I think just, I, I feel like I should also as a therapist, um, reflect with my clients on their posture as well and really notice that myself and how much that plays a role in how they're feeling too. And, you know, when they come walking in my office, I can tell kind of what day they had because of their mood and affect and, and posture. So um, great, great to remember. <laughs> exactly. So glad you deciphered that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So how can people proactively and maybe preventatively take care of their bodies and their overall wellness? Um, you know, besides maybe doing the morning stretches, is there anything else you would suggest throughout the day uh, before our muscles start tensing up, before we actually get to that point where we have that tension in our neck because we're so stressed out, you know, from day-to-day -day life? Um, what are some proactive, preventative things we can do before we get there? Absolutely. Um, obviously, this this is a question I could go on giving you <laughs> reason after reason and different examples of it. Um, first and foremost, something that I'm a big believer on is you got to be looking at what you're fueling your body with. Um, you can't expect your body to run like a Ferrari if you're going to fuel it like something that is doesn't deserve to be fueled well, right? You want to be that jet rocket and you need rocket fuel for that. And when we're talking rocket fuel, we're talking about, you know, those good healthy foods, right? The veggies, the lean proteins, the legumes, things like that. Um, and we got to be feeling ourselves with good, good protein. And it can make a big, big difference if we feel our body the right way. 
Um, as far as movement goes, I think the most important thing that you have to do is really hone on and finding movement that you find joy in. Because oftentimes we feel pressure from society that we need to go to yoga or we need to like running or we need to like biking or whatever. And that just might not be for you. And instead of worrying about what everyone else is doing to keep them happy and healthy, look at, look internally and kind of ask yourself, you know, is there any form of movement? Do I like to run? Do I like to dance? Right? Do I like to just go for walks? It doesn't matter what it is. The point is that you're actually doing it. Right. When it comes down to it, we need to imperfect action is what's going to end up leading to the best results. Taking action and just finding that movement that gives you the most joy in your life and then progressing yourself along that pathway. That's what's going to yield the best results for sure. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on on all of those accounts. And I think it's not just one thing we have to do for our wellness. I, I think it is a combination of things. It's, you know, what we're intaking in our body, you know, what, how much water are we drinking a day? You know, do we tend mm-hmm. to not drink a lot and we're dehydrated? So we need getting headaches a lot. You know, are we eating, you know, vegetables and, and you know, taking our supplements and things like that? Um, you know, and then also the movement too. And I love your advice on finding something you like, because I think, you know, there's a lot of times we force ourselves to do things because like you said, we feel like we should be doing this or we should like this or, you know, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. And I think as long as we continue to move, I, I think that that will help us in the long run. So, so yeah, yeah great, absolutely, great work. Absolutely. Um, for sure. I for actually sure. told my, my husband to, to follow you the other day because um, he just keeps throwing out his back. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on. And um, it was interesting because I was talking to another mom about it the other day and she was asking where he was and he had missed um, one of our son's, you know, baseball games. And I said, oh, he can't get off the couch. He's his back hurts, you know, this and that. And so I, I told him I, I sent your profile to him on Instagram and I was like, here, he does a lot of <laughs> reels on on backs and back and things like that. And um, so I, I know it's it's helping him and it's getting better. But do you feel like you find that a lot in your practice? Um, I feel like you do a lot of, of reels on Instagram regarding the back and back pain. Is that something that's so common and maybe the most common reason why people come see a, a physical therapist? Is that, um, I guess, what's, what's paying the bills <laughs> these days? Because I feel like there's so many things you can go see a physical therapist for. I mean, I, I saw one. Uh, two years ago when I was in a bad car accident, I had really bad whiplash. And so he helped me kind of get to to a better place after the accident. And there's obviously so many reasons. But why do most people come see a physical therapist? Or why would someone maybe consider seeing a physical therapist? Because this mom said, well, has he seen a physical therapist yet? And I said, no, he hasn't. But I'm going to be talking to one on the podcast. So, you know, I'm going to get his advice. But um, you know, so anyway, if you could share with us, um, you know, whether it's back pain or posture, whatever the case is, why do people seek out physical therapy and, and why maybe should pe- people come even preventatively, like I said, um, to, to maybe prevent an injury or stiffness, um, happening in, f- in the future? Yeah. So interesting fact about back pain is that up to 80% of people will experience it in their lifetime. So wow. that's an that's four out of five people will experience back pain at some point in their life, and wow, I and, and you know it's actually a big reason why I've started trying to get my expertise and my knowledge out uh, through social media because it can impact so many more people. Because I see people go down one of two paths, especially the way that our medical system goes. Right, they have back pain, they go to their physician, and then their physician only knows to do one of two things. They're either going to prescribe you a medication or they're going to send you to a physical therapist, right? 
And that's a big reason of why now they train physical therapists in their doctorate so that people can come straight to them um, for these issues because we prescribe exercise and movement and pain education, right? No, nothing with really long-term negative consequences. Um, right. It's, it's unfortunate because I've seen people go down that alternate path where all it takes is they just get on one pain medication. They say, oh, that's pretty effective. And then their body adapts to it. And then they go back again and they say, oh, okay, I need a little bit more. Okay, now the pain medication isn't cutting it. What's next? Okay, I should get some injections now. And, and wow. then from there, oh, no, that's not cutting it anymore. Oh, no, I need surgery. And they go down this path that can be so destructive for it. And I've seen some of the saddest stories because of that. And, you know, for me, I feel like one of my callings is to get out and reach people, hopefully before that happens. You right. Know, and, don't get me wrong, and I want to be clear that there are times where I where I team up with physicians, and it's a combination of a medication or an injection um, to really give them the best outcomes. However, you should always be starting with a conservative approach first, and with movement, and that's where the skill set of a of a physical therapist comes in. If you have pain or difficulty with movement, then they should be the first healthcare provider that you should be seeing. Um, because the, uh, you want to try it out and see if it works for you. You try it for four to six weeks. If it, if you see positive benefits, amazing. You keep going. If not, okay, we start to explore different alternatives. That doesn't mean you have to go straight for medication, but you can look at different things. You know, there is still things like massage therapy, acupuncture, all these other conservative approaches that could be done first as long as there's no red flags identified. And that's where it comes. And that's why you want to see a licensed professional, because we are going to take you through a system where we're going to make sure there's no red flags that would be like, oh, you know what, you actually need to go to the physician right now. We need to get you further testing to make sure nothing more serious is going on. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely love ruling out, you know, some of those things. But, um, but mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm now that we've talked, I'm going to tell him to go look for a local person who, uh, you know, a, a licensed physical therapist, because, you know, I, I, I do think that's probably what he needs because when he did go to the doctor months back when this happened before he did get a shot, they said, here, let me give you this. And, you know, and he said it actually made it worse. And he's like, mm -hmm. I'm never doing that again. So, um, <laughs> so I love that advice. Now, where can people find you for more information? Where can, where can they also follow along, you know, with your reels and all your education you share on social media um, and whatnot? Can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the place that I'm most active on right now is on Instagram, and that's at Lock Health. Uh, my last name is spelled L A L K, and then Health, so Lock Health. Um, I'm on there trying to post educational reels, and then also sharing new programs that I'm coming out with. Like I just launched a 30 day spine health challenge for people that are suffering from back pain. Just a good self help guide for them where they don't have to pay a ton of money to get access to a solid exercise program that's also back friendly. Um, but often I'm going to be coming out with a ton of great different programs for them and also just a ton of free education and hopefully empowering people to stay moving. I love it. Well, Dr. Locke, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing all of your wisdom on physical therapy and movement and how important it is for not only our bodies, but also our mental health and our mental wellness. So thank you so much for your time today. It's my pleasure. And thank you to you, Dr. Kim. You know, you have an amazing thing that you're going and you're also helping so many people. So I love and feel so grateful to team up with someone like you. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. 
And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.